0: This morning, we open God's Word in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. Mark 6, 1 through 13, and 30 to 52. We read there as follows. He went away from there and came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? What is the wisdom given to him? How are such mighty works done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his relatives and in his own household. And he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief and he went out among the villages teaching. And he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. We pick up the thread in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus and told them all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going And they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them. And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, For they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. This is the word of the Lord. The text for this morning is taken from Mark 6, the verses 51 and 52, the last two verses of the passage we read, which sum up this passage. These words, and he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. After the sermon, we'll sing Psalm 23, 1, 2, and 3. Dear congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, sometimes we just don't get it. We don't understand what the Word of God is telling us. And that can have huge implications for our daily lives. And we don't know how to function in certain situations. That was the problem with the disciples in the passage that we read. They didn't understand about the loaves and as a result they were utterly astounded when the wind ceased when Jesus got into the boat. They didn't understand. What was it that they didn't understand? They didn't understand that Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things. And that's going to be the theme for this morning. Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things. The passage that we read this morning began with the Lord Jesus telling the twelve to go out and preach and heal. He commissioned them to go out and to do those things in his name. And they did. They taught about Christ. They healed the sick. They even had the power to cast out demons. And then they came back to Jesus to report to him what they had done. And the Lord Jesus heard about all their activity and he knew that they needed some rest. So he said, let's go away to a quiet place together where you can get some rest. And so they went in that boat and wanted to cross the Sea of Galilee. But the people noticed that they were leaving in that boat. They recognized them. And they ran on ahead of them overland and were already at the spot where Jesus landed before Jesus got there. All kinds of people had gathered there. There was a large crowd and when the Lord Jesus saw them, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd and he felt the need to instruct them there even though he had said that his disciples needed a time of rest. And then as that teaching went on for a while, it became supper time. They had to eat. And the disciples said to Jesus, send all these people away. They need to go and eat and they need to find food for themselves. Let them go into the countryside and into the villages where they can buy food for themselves. Then our Savior startled his disciples by saying to them, you give them something to eat. They were taken by surprise. And they said to Jesus, Do you mean you want us to spend 200 denarii to feed all these people? You need to realize that one denarius was what a laborer earned in a day. So 200 denarii was a lot of money. And they said to Jesus, Do you want us to spend 200 denarii on food to feed all these people? We don't have that kind of money. That's expensive. No, no, said the Lord Jesus. You give them something to eat. Our Savior was after something even more startling than that they would go out and buy food for them all. He said, you give them something to eat without going out to purchase something for them. You see, congregation, the Lord Jesus had sent them out earlier to teach and to heal and even to cast out demons. And now he said to them, you provide all these people with some food. In other words, it was with their power. And our Savior was testing them to see whether they realized that it was within their Christ-given power. Our Savior was testing them to see whether they understood that it was within Christ's power to feed them. John, in his account of this incident, writes about it in a little different way. But then he tells us that this was a test Jesus was testing them and then our Savior made the people sit down he asked his disciples well how much food is around here and they said well five loaves and two fish so he took that he prayed and he distributed it and they were all fed They were all satisfied. It's the multiplication of the five loaves and the two fish. It makes us think of the miraculous feeding of Israel in the desert on the way to the promised land. Every day there was manna on the ground sent by God from heaven. And the people were well provided for. Now here was Jesus Christ. The son of God and by performing that miracle the Lord Jesus was showing that he is the Son of God with divine power over all things it was a miraculous feeding and the Lord Jesus wanted to show his disciples that they were safe with him that he would provide for them you see that's the point of all of this because in our text we read And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves. But their hearts were hardened. The miraculous feeding with those five loaves and two fish was meant to show the disciples that Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things, and that he will provide, that he will give his people what they need. That's what they had to learn and remember from it. But when they were on the Sea of Galilee, caught in that storm, and the headwinds were against them, they forgot all about that. And when the Lord Jesus entered the boat and the wind ceased, they were so utterly astounded, but they shouldn't have been astounded if they had learned the lesson of the 5,000 people being fed. And you see, that's what the Lord Jesus wants us to know today, too. We are safe with him. He provides for us. He protects us. And he will do that our whole life long. As long as God has a purpose for us in this life. He will protect us. He will provide for us. Until the day that he calls us to himself. When his purpose for our lives has come to its fulfillment then he will take us out of this life. But up until that point in time, he will protect us and he will provide for us. That does not mean that life will always be easy, but it means that God will be with us and give us what we need for body and soul on the journey through life. And it wasn't just that these people were fed a minimal amount of food but it was as if they sat down for a banquet in fact that's the language of the passage he had them sit down in groups it says and the Greek uses a particular word which means banquet it was as if they were sitting down for a banquet and it was a feast for them because when all was said and done the disciples gathered 12 baskets full of leftovers, leftover bread and fish. It had truly been a feast for them. All those people, 5,000 men were told, and that means that there were also women and children on top of that. All those people were fed by the Lord Jesus as if at a banquet. Because God provides for his people. And Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things. You know what it makes us think of? The marriage feast of the Lamb. When Jesus Christ will be with all of God's people. At the end of this world's history... And all the people will be gathered together from all tribes and tongues and nations, an innumerable crowd of people. If we think 5,000 is a big number. The company of believers from all ages is an innumerable number, and they will all be gathered together with Christ their Savior, and they will celebrate. They will sit down at the marriage feast of the Lamb, and they will lack no good thing. Isaiah describes it in beautiful language in Isaiah chapter 25, 6 through 8, where he writes, "...on this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food full of marrow, of aged wine well-refined. And he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations." He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord will wipe away tears from all faces and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. That day is described in the Bible as a banquet. And the church of all times and places receives a foretaste of that in this passage. How the Lord provides for his people superabundantly. And when we look at our own lives today, can't we also say that the Lord provides for us superabundantly? We still live in a fallen and broken world, but look at us. We have so many good things, so many things to enjoy beautiful homes, nice cars a good job, lots of food on the table. And I know that's not true for all Christians in the world. But that's how it is for us. And we can see how God provides for us super abundantly on the journey through life. Jesus Christ provides for his people. And then the Lord Jesus dismissed the crowd told his disciples to get in the boat and go to the other side. And he went up on the mountain. He wanted to pray. And as the Lord Jesus was on that mountain praying, he could see his disciples in that little boat on the Sea of Galilee. And they were struggling because the headwinds were against them. The water was choppy, a storm had come up and they made progress painfully but Jesus saw them that's what we learn from this passage he saw them and what about us Jesus is not on a mountain today he's in heaven he ascended to heaven and he's there at the father's right hand As the Son of God with power over all things. And He sees us. He sees every single one of us. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 33. The eye of the Lord is on those who love Him. Who do His will. His eye is on every believer. And that's not just to say that He sees us. It is that His eye is upon us. The psalm says... The Lord sees all the nations. Yes, he sees everybody. But the psalm goes on to say, his eye is on those who love him. And that's something very special. His eye is upon us. When you've got something precious, you keep your eye on it. Well, God's eye is on us. Christ's eye is on us. He's there and he sees us struggling in life when the headwinds of life are against us. When our lives become choppy when we face the storms of life when we're dealing with frustrations and disappointments and sickness when we're dealing with the struggles of faith the doubts the sins he sees us and all of that just like jesus saw those disciples on the sea of galilee but then what did he do We're told he didn't just come to their aid immediately he came at the fourth watch of the night so that's somewhere between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. and if you think about the fact that they had supper probably at supper time And we read that the Lord Jesus immediately sent his disciples into that boat and dismissed the crowd. And we're told that when it was evening, Jesus was on the mountain and the disciples were in the boat. So that was evening. Now we're at the fourth watch of the night. That's 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. What does that tell us? It tells us that the Lord Jesus let them struggle for a while. The Lord Jesus didn't come to their rescue right away. He wanted to see how they would handle that challenge. He wanted to see whether they believed that he would watch over them and protect them and give them safe passage to the other side. After all, he had told them to go over to the other side. And that's how it is for us today, too, so often, isn't it? We have challenges in life, problems, frustrations, disappointments, hopes and dreams. But God does not rescue us from all of these things immediately. Sometimes He does. But very often, these problems linger on. And in some cases, they never disappear in this life. God wants to see whether we will persevere in the faith. God wants to see whether we believe in Jesus Christ and entrust ourselves to Him in all circumstances. But then, at the fourth watch, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m., so we read, He came to them. He meant to pass by them, but it says, He came to them, but He meant to pass by them. So you have to imagine it like this. The Lord Jesus was walking on the water to them, but His intention was not to join them in the boat, His intention was to pass by them. To go on ahead of them to the other side. And really what the Lord Jesus was signaling to them was. Don't worry. It's all okay. I got this. You'll make it to the other side. I'm going on ahead of you. I'll make preparations for your arrival on the other side. And how is that for us today? Well. The Lord Jesus has gone ahead of us to heaven. He told his disciples in John chapter 14, I'm going now and I will prepare a place for you. I'll make things ready and you will be where I am. We will meet again on the other side. That's why we sang from Psalm 138. There's that beautiful eighth verse. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. David was faced with the challenges of life. He was buffeted by the storms of life. Things that become choppy for him. But he says at the end of it all, The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. He will see me through to the end. And that's the comfort that we may draw from this. The Lord Jesus meant to pass by them. He said, I'll see you on the other side. Our Lord Jesus ascended into heaven and he said to us, I'll see you on the other side. But they didn't understand. They thought it was a ghost. They were terrified. They called out for help. And the Lord Jesus said, No, no, take heart, it's me. Don't worry. And the sad thing is, the disciples first thought of a ghost. They didn't think of Jesus. They first thought of a ghost. That's what people thought on the Sea of Galilee. Fishermen thought of ghosts on the Sea of Galilee when the storms arose because so many sailors had died there. They thought it was a ghost, a spirit of one of the dead sailors. Sad, isn't it? And as we go through the challenges of life, sometimes we don't think of Christ first either, do we? We think of the supposedly insurmountable obstacles that we face. And we're filled with fear. And we hardly think of Christ. But it was Christ. And then he got in the boat with them. Instead of passing by, he went to them and he got in the boat. And the storm stopped. The moment he got into the boat. That's because Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things. He didn't only have divine power to multiply five loaves and two fish and make that enough to feed more than 5,000 people. The Lord Jesus also has the power over the elements. He has the power over everything. That's why the Bible can say in Romans chapter 8, In that beautiful chapter which tells us about God finishing his purpose in the life of a believer. Nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul uses various examples there. And we could just as well include in that list the storms of life. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And if the disciples had understood about the loaves, they would not have been so surprised. But we read in the text, and that sums it all up, and he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased, and they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. They were utterly astounded. In the Greek, several words are used to make this very emphatic. They were utterly astounded for they had not understood about the loaves. And it says their hearts were hardened. Hardened. You have to understand that in the sense of lacking understanding being senseless, dull. They just didn't get it. And because they didn't get it about the loaves, that had huge implications for them how they handled the storm on the sea. But then Matthew tells us in his account of this incident in Matthew 14, verse 33, then they got it. Then they understood. When Jesus got into the boat and the wind ceased, they were utterly astounded, but then it dawned on them. And Matthew says, they worshipped him. And they said, truly, you are the Son of God. And you see, that's what Jesus wanted them to learn. That he is the Son of God with divine power over all things. And for us today, so often, we're like those disciples, aren't we? We just don't get it. We don't understand what the Bible tells us about Jesus Christ. We don't really understand when the Bible shows us in so many ways that we are safe with Jesus Christ in all circumstances of life. And that has implications for how we live. But be encouraged, be comforted. When we don't get it, we think small of Christ. Then we don't live out of the comfort of the gospel. But when we understand it, then we have comfort and good courage. Be comforted and encouraged Jesus Christ is the Son of God with divine power over all things. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In all the challenges of life, remember Jesus Christ, your Savior, who's with you in all those circumstances. He protects you, He provides for you, He gives you what you need for body and soul so that you arrive safely on the other side in the presence of Jesus. Amen.